We are on Yevamos Tzadi Zayin Amar Aleph 97a, and we are beginning a new parak, a new chapter, the 11th chapter. We are moving along in Yevamos. Uh, the topic now uh, in this new Mishnah is about uh, different prohibitive relationships, uh, who you are allowed to marry, who you're not allowed to marry within, uh, specifically in the context of uh, through marriage, relatives that are through marriage, or could it even be relatives that are not through marriage, uh, meaning not blood relatives, but if, it, let's say, it wasn't the marriage, but a person who has sexual relations with somebody else, do they then become prohibited to uh, their, uh, that, that person's relatives or not? Uh, so that all is discussed in this Mishnah. So it says the Mishnah, No sin Allah nusab ala If a person has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, which essentially could either be where it's consensual or rape, uh, in either case, but the point, the main point is where it's outside the context of marriage. So then uh, all the prohibitions of a person, a person cannot marry his wife's sister or his wife's mother or his wife's daughter, None of that applies because it was outside the context of marriage. It is not the act of sexual relations alone uh, which creates the prohibition, but it's specifically that it is in the context of uh, of a marriage. Now, it's important to note at this point that there's actually, according to, I would say, most opinions and what seems to be uh, what is the most clear from the text of the Gemara, of the Talmud, the prohibition to marry a person's wife's sister or mother or daughter starts already from kiddushin, from the first of the two stages, from when a person gets engaged. So at that point, not a halachic marriage, but a halachic engagement. So from that point forward, even though they never had sexual relations, it's just the engagement alone, that itself would uh, cause the prohibition to marry somebody, his wife's halachically engaged, uh, they're only engaged, uh, sister, mother, or daughter. Um, however, there there are opinions which seem to imply that it's not by the kedushin stage where this prohibition sets in. It's not at the engagement, but it's really by the actual marriage. It's by the actual marriage. They don't have to have uh, sexual relations, uh, but it's just by going to the chuppah, by the chuppah alone. Again, the engagement is the giving of the ring. Um, and then the chuppah, having the chuppah or being secluded, uh, different ways of showing that you are living under the same roof. That's the actual marriage. That's the big difference between an engagement, halakha engagement and a halakha marriage. During the time of engagement, they are not living under the same roof. They are not allowed to have sexual relations while they are engaged. They are designated to each other, prohibited to anybody else. Um, uh, and only once they are living under the same roof could they then have sexual relations. So the dispute is at what point in time does the prohibition to marry one's wife, sister, mother, or daughter, when does that kick in? Does it kick in from the kedushin, from the engagement, or from the actual marriage, when they're actually living together in the same home? That's the first line of the Mishnah. The second line of the Mishnah says, However, when it works the other way around, if a person's married, so then the prohibition with regards to one's wife's mother or sister or daughter is not just to get married to them. That's not the prohibition. The prohibition is any form of sexual relations, whether it's uh, consensual or whether it's not, whether it's rape, either way, it's a separate prohibition of having relations with one's sister-in-law or mother-in-law or daughter-in-law, not um, uh, one's uh, stepdaughter. Uh, so in, in all those cases, one would be 
violating uh, a very severe Torah prohibition. Those are the first two cases of the Mishnah. The Mishnah, that's the first two cases, and then the Mishnah discusses um, two other cases, a dispute about two other cases. No say Adam, Anusas Avim, Mufusas Avim, Anusas Beno, Mufusas Beno. If a person's father has, um, if a person's father has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, certainly you cannot, uh, a person cannot marry his father's wife, even if it's not your own mother. Uh, you cannot marry your father's wife if it's a stepmother. That certainly everybody agrees to. But what if it's outside the context of marriage? Could they marry somebody that their father had sexual relations with um, outside the context of marriage or in the opposite way also? What about if a, per- a person cannot marry his daughter-in-law, his son's wife, that everybody agrees to? But what if his son had sexual relations with somebody? Could the father then have, outside the context of marriage, could the father then have sexual relations with them? The first opinion says, yes, it's allowed. It is allowed. However, Rabbi Yehuda argues, he argues in the case of a person's father, that it doesn't have to be a person's father's wife, but even if it's a person's, anybody that uh, he has sexual relations with, again, whether it is through rape, God forbid, or whether uh, also outside the context of marriage, even if it's uh, agreed upon, uh, either way, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you are not allowed to marry or have sexual relations with uh, any, anybody that the father had sexual relations with. Okay, that is the second half of the Mishnah. So again, just to review, the Mishnah, we have two parts of the Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah basically says that any prohibition through the wife only exists if it's an actual wife, but not if it's just somebody that a person has sexual relations with. Um, and the second part of the Mishnah discussed what about a person's uh, stepmother? Is it specifically if she's married to the husband? What if it's just uh, that they have sexual relations outside the context of marriage? Or similarly, if it's a daughter-in-law, is it specifically a daughter-in-law or anybody uh, that the son has sexual relations with. So it seems to be that uh, with regards to a daughter-in-law, it's specifically a daughter-in-law where they're married. With regards to a uh, stepmother, uh, so then that is a subject to the two. What if it's not actually ma- they're not actually married, if the, husband, if the father's not actually married to her? Okay. Well, right now, for the first part of this discussion, we're going to focus on the first part of the Mishnah. Tanina Laha, we have a proof for the Mishnah that the prohibition to a sister-in-law, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, specifically if they're actually married, that if a person has, uh, God forbid, a person rapes another woman, so then you can marry her daughter. Technically, you're allowed to marry her daughter because the prohibitions of that woman's uh, daughter doesn't apply. But if you marry her, if you marry somebody, so then you're not allowed to marry the daughter. It's only the prohibition only exists in the context of marriage, which is exactly what our Mishnah just said. So the Gemara now has the following question: How could the Mishnah say that this is allowed? Remenu hanitan minaisha aser biimo bebito abachosa. That the the Gemara says as follows: We know from earlier that if a person is suspect of having sexual relations with a certain woman, even if nobody knows whether it's for sure or not, they are not allowed to marry the mother of the daughter of that person or the sister of that person. Why? We'll see in a second. But they're not allowed to. So we see that it's not allowed. That's the case if, they're, if, they're, if there's only suspicion 
that the person had sexual relations with that woman. But so then certainly if they uh, already had sexual relations, we know that they had sexual relations, it should not be allowed. So how could the how could we have a bracer that says that it's not allowed? If our Mishra says it is allowed, so the word says That's only a rabbinic decree. Why is this? Why is it true that if a person is suspect of having sexual relations with somebody, they cannot marry the mother of that person, the daughter, or the sister of that person? So it's it's not a biblical prohibition, really. The Mishra is correct. It's not a biblical pro- prohibition. It's a rabbinic prohibition. What's the concern? The concern is as follows. The concern is that the reason why they're marrying somebody else within the family. Is really just to get back to that to that woman. They'll marry the mother, the daughter, or the sister, because then you know once you're marrying the daughter, so then you're automatically gonna see the mother more often. So there's the concern. People were already talking. There's already rumors that you uh, were in a relationship outside the context of marriage, but you're in a relationship uh, with uh, with the mother. So then we don't let you marry the daughter because it's like your people are we're concerned that uh, the rumors are true and that. You are going to try to use this as, as a way of getting closer to the mother. And so therefore they don't allow it. In the end of the in the end of the day, they don't allow this. So the Gemara asks, is this even true? The Tani Nosin I don't understand. The Mishnah says it's allowed. It's the language of the Mishnah is Nosan Alanusa, that you are allowed to. This implies practically you're allowed to if a person has sexual relations with with uh, with a certain person, with a woman. So then it sounds like practically you're allowed to marry her mother, her daughter, or her sister. It sounds like it's completely allowed. But you're telling me, the Gemara just said that it's a prohibition. It's a rabbinic prohibition. Because we're concerned that the reason why they're doing this is really to get back to that original person. And uh, to develop a relationship with that original person. So I don't understand. How could the Mishnah say that it's allowed if there's a rabbinic prohibition here? So the Gemara answers, no. In the end of the day, really, it's not allowed. Not on a biblical level. It doesn't create a prohibition because of your relatives. That's not the concern. The real concern is that if you already had sexual relations with somebody, so then on a rabbinic level, we say you're not allowed to marry anybody else with the immediate family because maybe you're only doing this to get back with that original person, which is not allowed. Um, some want to say that maybe this only applies uh, if it's not rape, if it's rape... Uh, so then there, there is no concern that they'll get back together. She would never uh, agree to it. Um, so, But that's that's a really a whole separate point. But in the end of the day, practically speaking, it's really not allowed. When did the Mishnah say that it's allowed? It's only allowed if the person that you originally had sexual relations with outside the context of marriage. So let's say her name is Rachel. So you're not allowed to uh, marry Rachel's mother, sister, daughter, because uh, out of a rabbinic concern, or it's a rabbinic prohibition. But if Rachel dies... If Rachel now dies, so then everybody would agree that you're allowed to marry the mother, the daughter. It's perfectly permissible, uh, even though in general, even if she dies, it would not be allowed uh, for the to marry the mother or the daughter. But in this case, it will be it will be allowed because no, the to to become forbidden to your to a woman to your wife's family is only if you're actually married, but not if it's not a wife, not if it's just somebody that you had sexual relations with. So there's a rabbinic prohibition if Rachel is still alive that you're doing all this to, to get back together with Rachel. But if Rachel passed away already, so then that's the case of the Mishnah where we say it is permissible. So in the end of the day, it's permissible because since you're never in the context of a marriage, so therefore there's no prohibition on a biblical level to marry the mother or the daughter or the sister of Rachel. So the Gemara wants to know, well, what's the source? Minani Mili, how do we know that this is true? How do we know that these prohibitions only exist within the context of marriage? The Tanur Rabbanon, because the Brisa says, "Bekula Namar Shchiva Vekanemar Kiicha Lamelacha Derech Likucha Nasa Torah." 
specifically in the context of uh, of uh, marrying uh, a mother, uh, which is a prohibition, or the daughter of somebody that you're married to, specifically in that context, it uses a language specifically of kicha, of 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 uh, of a marriage. Kicha is a language of a marriage. Now, it certainly cannot be referring to, let's say, if a person marries Rachel, if they attempt to marry Rachel's mother, the prohibition is not on marrying uh, Rachel's mother because the marriage is not even halachically recognized. It's not a recognized marriage. It's a severe punishment. It's a severe, so therefore, it's not even recognized as a marriage. So why does it use the word marriage in there? It uses the word marriage in there to teach us that the only time there's a prohibition on a biblical level to marry a woman's mother, daughter, or sister is if it's an actual marriage. If it's not a marriage, so then there is no biblical prohibition. There might be a rabbinic prohibition, but there's no biblical prohibition. So, so so Rav Papa asks Abaye, who just explained that the language of Kicha means a marriage, and that teaches us that the prohibition only exists once there's a marriage. Then you, once there's a marriage, you're not allowed to marry your wife's mother, sister, or daughter. But Rav Papa says it also uses the language of a marriage when it comes to the prohibition of marrying your own sister. It says that you're not allowed to have relations with your own sister, and it uses the language of marriage there. And the prohibition is not just to marry your You can't be married. It's not just to get married to your sister. That you're not allowed to have sexual relations with your sister. So we see that the language is not just about the context of marriage, but kicha could also mean just sexual relations. So the answer is no. Derech kicha hudaaser derech shchiva shari. Sorry. Derech kicha hudaaser derech shchiva shari. This is all really part of the question. Again. It says, you're not allowed, is, it the, is the prohibition that, about marrying your sister? Certainly not. It's really also about uh, the fact that you're not allowed to have relations with your sister. So, So, Abai responds back, you're right. The word kicha, which is also found by your sister, how do we interpret that word? It depends on the context. When it comes to your sister, it's not even recognized as a marriage. There is no even possibility of being married. There's no halachic recognition of even a, to attempt to get married to your sister. It won't work. Halachically, it's not recognized. And so therefore, the language there cannot be referring to marriage. It has to be referring to uh, having sexual relations. When it comes to uh, marrying a person's wife and then becoming prohibited to the mother, the daughter, the sister of Rachel, of the wife, so their marriage does play a role. It is possible to you get married to your wife. That's what marriage is. So it's talking about a case where you are married to your wife. So it uses the language of kicha there. Kicha in that context does mean to get married. So at the end of the day, the prohibition is only when it comes to your wife, it, only, it comes to the woman that you have sexual relations with, it's only in the context if you are married. If you're married, so then you're not allowed to marry, you're not allowed to have, not just married, you're not allowed to have sexual relations with your wife's mother, with your wife's sister, or your wife's daughter. There is no such biblical prohibition if uh, it was sexual relations outside the context of marriage. Okay. Now the Gemara has Rava. Rava comes along. And he says that when it comes, it comes to he's still discussing the the law of the Mishnah, that uh, if a person has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, you're allowed to marry, let's say, uh, the daughter of such a person. So he says that well, the Torah itself was discussing within the context of marriage. So some of the commentators explain what is Rava coming to do here now. He's saying well that's true. 
But if that's true, so then certainly if uh, sort of as like a penalty, if a person has sexual relations and, and they rape, it's without consent, they, they rape somebody else, so then certainly they should be prohibited to the mother, daughter, and sister as a form of a, of a penalty, as a form of a fine. So he says, no, we know that that's not true. The verse tells us that it's not true from a different verse. If a person has, um, if a person rapes a woman, so then they're allowed to marry that. that well, let's say the woman is Rachel. They're allowed to marry Rachel's daughter. How do I know this? It's from a different verse. Because we have two verses. One verse says, One verse says that you are not allowed to marry your own granddaughter. You're not allowed to have sexual relations with your own granddaughter. The implication being, but if it's your wife's granddaughter, if it's your wife's granddaughter, so then you're allowed to. That's what one verse says. There's another verse which says, But the other verse says that it's not referring to just your granddaughter, but even if it's your wife's granddaughter, meaning your step-granddaughter, you're also not allowed to uh, have sexual relations with. So which one is it? Is it specifically your granddaughter, but also your wife's granddaughter, your step-granddaughter? So the Gemara says, Ketzad. Well, how do you explain this contradiction? So it depends. If it's actually your wife, so then you're not allowed to marry your wife's uh, grandchildren, granddaughter, your step-granddaughter. That, that's not allowed on a, on a biblical level. If it's not your wife, if it's somebody who you had sexual relations with um, and she has her own children, it's her own children, it's not your children, because then it would be your children. If it's your children through that act of sexual relations, so then that's your own grandchildren. That's your own granddaughter. But she has other children. So then it will be permissible on a biblical level. That would be permissible. So we see from this contradiction within the verses that it's there specifically to teach you that don't think that the prohibition only exists uh, exists when they're married and then certainly it would also exist as a penalty when there's rape. No. Uh, when there's rape also, there's no such uh, biblical prohibition to marry any of the other relatives of this woman who you raped, in terms of the mother, daughter, granddaughter, uh, sister, there is no Torah prohibition. And we learn that from the verse. The Gemara says, I understand, maybe all we have are two verses. One says you're allowed to marry your wife's or the woman's granddaughter. granddaughter. Another verse says implies that, uh, says explicitly you're not allowed to. One verse implies that you are allowed to. So we said the one, the case that you're allowed to is where you weren't married to her. You had sexual relations. You raped her uh, without her permission. Um, the other case where it's not allowed is where you were married to her. So the Gemara says, maybe we should flip it. Why should we flip it? Because there's more penalties we should put in place if it was if if it was a, uh, if it was was a rape. We should add more penalties. We should say, you're not allowed to get married. So the Gemara says, no. Uh, because the verse, when it comes to these cases, they use the language of she'er. She'er means a relative. A relative means specifically in the context of marriage. It's it's clear from the verse itself that it, within the context of excuse me of marriage, when you're married to, to her, so then you're not allowed to. It, there's a biblical prohibition to marry her grand her granddaughter, her daughter, her mother, her sister, and the granddaughter. Uh, but when it comes if it's outside the context of marriage, so then uh, there is no such biblical prohibition. There, as we mentioned before, there might be a rabbinic prohibition because maybe you're marrying with around the family to get back to to Rachel. But there's no biblical prohibition. Okay, that's the end of the Gemara's discussion with regards to the first half of the Mishnah. The Gemara now turns to the second half of the Mishnah. And the Gemara is discussing the dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Yehuda. Are you allowed, to, is a person allowed to marry the, the 
the woman who their father, whom their father had sexual relations with, outside the context of marriage. It's not. It's not within marriage. Outside the context of marriage, are you allowed to marry uh, that woman who your father already had sexual relations with? So Rabbi Huda says it's not allowed. The first opinion says it is allowed. Amr of Gidal my time is Rabbi Huda. What's the logic of Rabbi Huda? It's based on the following: something that we also had at the very beginning of this tractate, almost uh, over ninety over ninety weeks ago. Uh, it says as follows: My time is Rabbi Huda. Dechsev lo yikach as eishes aviv v'lo yigala kenaf aviv kenaf shira aviv lo yigala. It says that a person cannot marry the, their father's wife, and they also cannot reveal the clothing of the skirt of their father. What does that mean? They cannot reveal, they can't have sexual relations with the person that their father saw beneath the skirt, essentially. That's what the verse is saying. Somebody who the father had sexual relations with. So who's that referring to? So Rabbi Huda assumes that's referring to anybody who the father had sexual relations with outside the context of marriage, because first it says you're not allowed to marry, you, you can't have sexual relations with your father's wife. Okay, that's your that's your father's wife. And then it says you cannot... Uh, you cannot have sexual relations with the person that your father had sexual relations with. Who is that referring to? It must be referring to that it's talking about somebody that your father your father had sexual relations with outside the context of marriage. The reason, what's the, how does Rabbi Yehuda know this? Because uh, the... Earlier, the previous uh, a previous verse says it's discussing a case of of uh, of a case of, of rape, and so because these two psukim, these two verses are close to each other, so therefore we learn one from the other. So the, the the language of the vague verse which says that you're not allowed to have sexual relations with with the person that with the woman that uh, your father had uh, ha- had revealed her skirt literally um, uh, underneath her skirt. So then. Since earlier it's referring to rape, so then we could also know that it's talking about sexual relations outside the context of marriage. We have this idea of connecting verses that are next to each other. Okay, that is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara wants to know, well, what's the other position? What do they say? What do they say? But the Rabbanans say that it's not right next to each other. It doesn't say right next to each other. There's a there's a phrase in between, so it's not exactly right next to each other. Since it's not next to each other directly, so then we cannot learn from one verse to the other. And so therefore, it's not talking about a case of rape. Rather, what is this verse telling you? This verse is telling you that not only are you prohibited to your father's wife, but you're also prohibited to marry your father's, let's say your, your father's, Yevama, meaning let's say your father's brother's wife, and the brother passed away without any children. So now your father's sister-in-law, your father's brother's wife, is waiting to do Yivam Rechalitza. It's referred to, as we've had all along, as a Shomeres Yavam. She's waiting to do Yivam Rechalitza. So the verse is telling you that not only are you not allowed to have sexual relations with your father's wife, but also with your father's sister-in-law, who's waiting to do Yivam Rechalitza, because that's some, there's a Zika. There's already some sort of connection there between your father and the sister-in-law. So therefore, you're not allowed to uh, that's what the other position would say. You're not allowed to uh, have sexual relations with your father's uh, sister-in-law. So the Gemara says, I don't understand.
So what does it mean that the father revealed something? The father didn't reveal anything yet. If it's referring to the sister-in-law, it means that he has the right to. It means that he has the ability to because uh, she's waiting to do yibam. So the Lord says, I don't understand. Such a woman is already, you're, not allowed, you're already not allowed to have sexual relations with this, such a person. Why? Because the Torah says, the Torah already says, you're not allowed to marry also your father's brother's wife. That's who she is. She's your father's brother's wife. So you're already not allowed to have sexual relations with her. So the Gemara says, um, You're right. But we have another verse to tell us that if it's specifically in the context of Yibam, that there are two prohibitions here. You're, in general, you're not allowed to marry your father's brother's wife. Now that the brother passed away, you're still not allowed to marry your father's uh, brother's wife. But now, if it's a context of Yibam where they didn't have children, so now there are two prohibitions. You violate two prohibitions. Ah, uh, The Gemara says, wait a minute, we're talking about a a woman who's waiting to do Yibam Rechalitza. Such a woman, she's not allowed to have sexual relations with anybody in the world until she does Yibam Rechalitza. She has to wait to do Yibam Rechalitza. So forget about her, her nephew, her uh, previous husband's brother's son, who we're talking about, the nephew, Forget about that person. Um, she's not allowed to marry anybody. So there's already a separate prohibition to marry anybody. So the Gemara says, yeah, they give two answers. Uh, they, they say it's true. Um, you're not allowed to, uh, it, it's true that you're, you, she's not allowed to marry anybody, but it's, tell, it's there to tell you that you have violated three commandments. You have violated three commandments. Number one, it's your it's your aunt. It's your father's brother's wife. Number two, it's that it's your now that the brother passed away, it's your father's Shomeris Yavam. He's, he's waiting to do Yibam with her. So that's number two. Number three is that she can't marry anybody because she has to wait to do Yibam or Chalitza. That's a separate prohibition. So it's there to tell you that you violate three. Alternatively, you don't actually violate three prohibitions because the case could be where, um, let's say, your father is the only one, he's the only brother, surviving brother, and he passes away. So she's totally exempt from doing Yibam Rechalitza. There's no other remaining brothers. So there's no prohibition from that perspective. But there still is the prohibition to marry your father's Shomer Shavam, even after the father passes away. But you're still not allowed to marry your father if he, if he has that Zika, he has that connection to, your, to his, the father's brother's wife, to his sister-in-law. So that prohibition you still violate. You also still violate the prohibition to marry your aunt, your father's brother's wife, even though the brother passed away. That prohibition still exists. It's true, you won't have that other third prohibition, which is that she cannot marry anybody until she does Yibam Rechalitza because she has nobody to do Yibam Rechalitza with, but the, uh, the prohibition still, you still violate two prohibitions. So in the end of the day, just to conclude this Gemara, in the end of the day, we have this big dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda. The first opinion says, when we have this vague language in the Torah, Lo Aviv, who is it referring to? It's referring to somebody who you are already prohibited to. But it's there to tell you that there's for different reasons. You're already prohibited to your aunt. But now that the brother passed away without any children, she's not prohibited for an additional reason because it's your father's Shomeris Yavam. It's your father is supposed to be doing Yibam Rechalitza with her. Um, however, Rabbi Yehuda says that, no, what this extra line is referring to is, it's not referring to what we've been that, that case. It's referring to a totally different case. It's referring to the case where it's your father's, uh, he had sexual relations with somebody outside the context of marriage. So then you're not allowed to marry, a son is not allowed to marry uh, or have sexual relations with such a poor person. So that is an important dispute in the Mishnah and an explanation behind that, behind that dispute. We will continue with Tzadi Zainam B, 97B, in the next recording.